Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. We are in Season 3, and this is Episode 2, and we are just beginning a series called Finish Well. And in our last episode, Scott and Dawn, you guys did an excellent job of kind of setting up this series and kind of how it how it came about. And so we're going to dive in today into the first uh, point or letter. Um, as Scott explained, this is we're going through an acrostic of finish well. And so we're going to jump into the F, which is to fix your eyes on Jesus. So, yeah, as you know, as we get started here, like, you know, just launching off into January and starting and starting this new year. Um, yeah, we, we really want to establish the focal point for us as we start to move forward. I mean, what are we going to actually put our eyes on first as we get ready to sort of dive into all of the other things to help us finish well? And, you know, for, for us, you know, and for the examples that we, you know, that we put before you last week, we know in, in the lives of those people, Christ was central to to their life um, and all of the other things in their life really just orbited around their love for Jesus and so what we want to really start with is is that is is that measure of putting Christ uh, as the focus of our life not just the focus of our life but really the focus of focus of our affections you know where we where we place our heart, um, our heart affections is to put, put it squarely on the son of God, on Jesus Christ this year of growing in our love and affection for him this year, maybe more than ever. Um, and so, you know, I want to start just with a, a passage of scripture out of Hebrews 12, one and two, and it's a familiar passage to a lot, a lot of us. Scott and I use this passage a lot when we're teaching because it does say so much to us and it's so much that we can put down in our everyday walking around life. But it says this, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us and in that cloud of witnesses, I mean, I do like to think about people like Linda Joe and Jean and Miss Gail and Keaton Coker and, mm. Uh, Danny Durham, you know, our friend from college, um, my own dad, in that great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love this picture of running, of of listening to the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. You know, the words that those people spoke into our lives while they were here on earth are a great encouragement to me as I run this race with endurance. But my eyes are not set on those people or the people around us. But my eyes are set on Christ, who is the author and the perfecter of faith, who is faithfully doing that work of perfecting my own faith, um, who initiated it by drawing me to him, and who set the example for me, who for the joy set before him endured the hardship of the cross. And so as we're sort of thinking about finishing well, and some of you are sitting in very difficult circumstances right now. You are. You're starting off January in a very tough place 
we know that January is hard for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. And so if you're one of those people and you're sitting in, you don't know what 2023 holds for you because you're already sitting in difficult circumstances. Fix your eyes on Jesus, um, who understands what it's like to walk through difficult and hard circumstances. But he had a focal point. It was the joy set before him, which was the, the knowing that he was accomplishing the work that was set before him in redeeming us and bringing us to him. Set your eyes on Jesus. Um, if we read, as we read in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, if then you have been raised up with Christ, which if you belong to Christ, you have been, and you are the joy that was set before Christ at the time that he endured the cross. So if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are are on earth. So let us encourage you, those of you who are starting off 2023 in a tough place, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes to Lord, to the Lord Jesus and lift up your eyes to the things above and set your mind on those things, not the circumstances that surround you, but into the Lord Jesus and onto him who is the source of your life. Yeah, because understand this, guys. Christ is the source of our lives. Uh, it's not our job. It's not our marriage. It's not our family. It's not our children. It's not what we do within the community. <clears throat> It's not our friends or our neighbors. Any other thing, um, those, those can be good things for us, but the ultimate source of life for you and me as followers, as children of God, is Christ. That's why we're to fix our eyes on him, to set our mind on the things of Christ. Luke said it this way, recording in Acts seventeen twenty eight. He recorded... The statement of Paul that in him, Paul said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. It's in Christ that we live. It's in Christ that we move. It's in Christ that you and I have our being. He is the source of life. Paul says it in Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Everything you and I have in this life that is good comes from God. James 1.17 says that. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Everything we have that is good comes from him and through him. And how we live our life is our gift back in return to him. So to him be glory forever. Amen. So we want to ensure that Christ is the center of our affections. So I want to ask you, I just want to get you to think for a moment. What means and methods have you found most helpful in centering your affections on Jesus? I've been doing this now recently um, for a couple of years now. I work out here at the church in the morning with a group usually of 12, 15 to 20 people that we meet in the parking lot here at Lakewood in Gainesville. 
And after we finish working out for 30, 40 minutes or so, I will fix my me a cup of coffee here at the church, and then I will get in my car or in my truck, and I will ride this downtown area of Gainesville, and I will turn on my Bible app, and I will listen to what we're presently reading as a church. That is a means and a method I have found at 6.15 in the morning, and I typically will ride the city for 20 to 30 minutes, and I'll get anywhere from four to five to six chapters of Scripture in my heart and mind to set my day. Then I will go home, and I'll fix me a second cup of coffee, and we'll sit down and begin reading Scripture again. But that has been a method for me, guys. In my season of life, Dawn and I are empty nesters. I don't have to rush home to get children ready for school like some of you are probably having to do. But that little 20 to 30-minute drive around the city listening to Scripture being read has been one of the most helpful and beneficial tools that I have used in recent months and years to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to pitch it to you guys, Dawn and Emily. What are some means and methods you have found helpful for just centering your affections as Dawn was talking about on Jesus? Yeah, I echo what you were saying. I do the same thing in the morning. But to add to that, this is this is the first year that I've done like a read the Bible in a year plan alongside some other ladies and so, yes, the daily being in God's Word and just seeing the whole picture of Scripture has been so encouraging. But to have those impromptu conversations with other believers, you know, what they're seeing, what I'm seeing, and and just kind of helps to foster that that excitement for the Lord just to keep Him before us and as, as, as sisters in Christ, you know. So that has helped me this year. Yeah, I— um and then Scott knows this. I'm an introvert by nature. You know, I, I like my, um, I like my time by myself. Um, but I will say if, if, if there were a, if there was a, a hymn that really sort of describes my, what I feel my relationship with Christ is like is in the garden. Um, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear. Uh, falling on my ear is one, you know, like never before, you know, he walks with me, he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And so that, that those words that warms my heart for Jesus, you know, that intimate idea of that intimate relationship with him, that's very personal to me. Um, I, there, you know, when I know that he is intimately interested in me, that he loves me, that he wants to talk with me, he wants to spend time with me, that warms my heart and my affection for him. Another thing that really warms my heart and affection for him is seeing how he's at work in this big world. You know, when we, a few weeks ago, Robert Puckett, our, um, our associate pastor came, executive pastor came in to talk about some of our work in Guatemala. And seeing and talking about how God is at work in this world, um, we, we're kind of used to sit just, you know, the 
what, what, how is God working here and in our local and in our church and all of that? But God is God of this world. And to see him at work in the big pl- in, in just at work in Guatemala or at, at work in Kazakhstan or wherever we are in the world, seeing him work, that just warms my affection for him because he cares about the intimate details, not only of me personally here, but of that child in the dump in Guatemala or that mother who's struggling over there or, you know, those types of things. Hearing those stories of God at work in this big world warms my heart for him, grows grows my affections for him. So what we're talking about here, guys, is just means and methods that the three of us have found that are helpful for us in centering our affections on Jesus. In this episode, we're talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, I want you to understand that a vibrant personal relationship with Jesus and a daily walk with him is essential to everything else you do in life. Really, all of life, how you do your work, Colossians 3 tells us that our work is to be done heartily for the Lord and not for men. So how you do your work, how you do parenting, how you do your finances, how you do your sexuality, how you do your home life, how you do your interactions with those within the community, all of that will be shepherded by the way that you uh, focus your personal relationship with Jesus in a daily basis. That will help determine how you do all of that. Now, I want to remind you that you and I are saved by Christ, and we need not ever forget it nor get over it. Christ and Christ alone is what saves us. During the Protestant Reformation that was led with Martin Luther hundreds of years ago, there was what were called the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. And one of the solas, S-O-L-A, this is the Latin, uh, one of the solas that Luther and others of the Reformers talked about was what we call sola gratia. Gratia, sola gratia. That's where Christians are saved by grace and grace alone. This proclaims for us that all of our salvation from beginning to end is by grace and grace alone. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 2 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of as a result of works that no one should boast. So as we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, we're understanding that it's by grace in Christ Jesus. It's his grace that saves us. If you broke grace down into another acrostic, G-R-A-C-E, it literally means God's riches at Christ's expense. That's really what grace is. It's uh, it's the unmerited favor of the Lord that has been bestowed on you and me as children of God by the gift of Jesus Christ given his life for us. So that is what sola gratia means. But solus Christus is simply this. Solus Christus is in Christ alone. And that is simply the assertion that Christ alone is the basis on which the ungodly are justified in God's sight. That's why Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
Paul says it this way, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. So just as we are saved by grace and grace alone, we will finish well by Jesus' grace and his grace alone. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And let me just say this to you personally. By God's grace, you are who you are. And if you are a follower of Christ, I can tell you this. I don't know you. I know some of you who may be listening, but I I anticipate there's probably many that are listening that we have no idea who you are. But if you're a creation of God who has been saved by God, you're now a child of God. And as a child of God, you are You are God's workmanship. You've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. But this is what I know about you, too, because I know it's true for Emily. It's true for me. It's true for Dawn, is that we are all works in progress. Philippians 1.6 says it this way. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it in Christ Jesus. So, friend, I just want to encourage you in this, that as you fix your eyes on Jesus, you're not going to be perfect right now this side of heaven. It's just not possible. We live in a fallen world, but we are being perfected day in and day out more into the image and likeness of God. And so I want to encourage you to give grace to yourself, receive God's grace. I want you to, I want to encourage you to extend grace to others as well, to be patient. If you're married, be patient with your partner. If you're a parent, be patient with your children because we're all works of God's grace and we're all in the process of being perfected and we're not there yet. John Newton said it this way in his famous hymn, "'Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. You and I guys are kept by the grace of God. Jude 1 says it this way, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who keeps us. As we fix our eyes on him, he keeps us. Jude goes further in verse 24, he says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. So it's appropriate for you and me to pray this prayer as we close this episode. Lord, give me the grace to finish well. Now, as we're going through this um, podcast, occasionally along the way, Dawn and I are going to stop 
and we're going to be asking you questions. And this is the question we're going to ask throughout this, this series. Is there any area of your life that needs a course correction so that you can finish well? If so, what needs to change? Is there any area of your life that needs a course correction? If so, what needs to change? We've been looking at in this episode what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus. So as we conclude, I just want to ask you, what is a means or a method? You've heard from Emily. You've heard from Dawn. You've heard from me. Some of the things that we have been doing personally to daily fix our eyes on Jesus. But what is a course correction you might need to make that as you've listened to the three of us in this episode, that God is saying to you, I, I want you to change this. I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. And this is how I want you to do it. What is that? And what's the next right thing to do? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for our friends who are listening. We thank you, Lord, that they are creations of you. We thank you, Lord, for those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior. They're now children of you. And, Lord, they are works in progress. We thank you for your grace that sustains them. We thank you for your grace that has saved them, Lord. We thank you for your grace that has redeemed them. Lord, may they walk in your grace today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.